Joan is a duo from Little Rock, Arkansas, consisting of members Alan Thomas and Stephen Rutherford. After releasing their successful EP Portra in 2018, the guys went on tour for two years straight with sold out crowds, and last year they released three new songs. On August 6th, Joan released their latest EP, Cloudy. I caught up with Alan and Steven to talk about how they met, what inspires their sound, and a little about their latest EP. Yo! Hey! How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Of course. Thank you, buddy. I thought I would kind of go back to the beginning of Joan. I read that when you first played a show together, you both were in different bands. Um, what was it like when you first wrote a song together? Yeah, we, <clears throat> we were both in different bands. He had just graduated college and I was doing music like full time, whatever that meant here in Little Rock. And, um, and yeah, we just like became fast friends and had a lot of mutual friends and we were both like, oh, that guy seems cool, we should hang out. And so we got together to write one day just to see what would happen. We kind of started it with the goal in mind of just writing songs for like film and TV. Cause I had a, um, some, some like small success doing some of that. And so, um, we got together and literally that day in my little studio, in my old house, we wrote, take me on our first single. Wow. And it was like, Oh, this is like something, this is something more than just like a little side thing. And so after that, at least in my mind, I feel like for you too, like, we both just went kind of head first, just dove straight in. <laughs> Cause I think both of our bands were kind of like, for him, I think it was a lot of like post-college. Okay. Do we need to get real jobs now? Do we like do music? You know, just like that. Everyone goes through that at some yeah. point. And for me, it was the guys in the band I was in so talented, but had like already had real established like careers and it just touring wasn't really in the cards. And so like being an actual band was really tough. And so this was like, well, we both want the same things and we have a shared taste in music. And so, and once we wrote that first song, we were like, we have our first song. Like this yeah. is a thing. And so the, the first day was really cool. Cause it was like, it felt like we had created magic, like, you know, for us at least. Um, and it felt, you know, there was like a really cool spark there. But I think as we kept writing together, like, I mean, once we wrote that first song, we were like, all right, let's get in more and more and more and try, you know, like we were, trying to write basically every day after that. And for me, it was like the first time I had worked with somebody where it was like, this is what this person's meant to do just like me. Mm. And I think in the previous bands I, I was in, it was one or two people in the band would kind of feel that way. But it was like, you know, it was kind of more of a hobby for the other people. And this was the first time where I was like, it's like, this is what they're meant to do. And it's like working with them every day is, is like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like that's what was supposed to happen. And it felt right. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. Like I'd never felt that way before. Yeah. The stars definitely aligned for us. And that day it was, it was pretty sweet. That's, that's amazing. Like, did you know right then and there that you were like, Oh, this is something that we just need to keep working on. Just oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and to note to it's like hit on what you just noted on, like same for me, like, in my previous bands, I had worked, everyone I'd worked with was talented in their own way. But there was also, there was always something missing, like a missing element, like in previous bands, like f the visual side was like not very important. And I was always like, man, it just feels like we can write the best music in the world. But if we don't present ourselves um, in some sort of professional artistic manner, like, I don't know, I just, I just felt like that was missing. And then I get with Steven and he's like very visual. I'm like, dude, we could do this. And he's throwing out like, 
logos and band names and like all this stuff. And I'm like, finally, someone to like think about this stuff with me. Like, uh, cause it was, I was all, I kind of felt like I was on an Island on some of that stuff in previous projects. Um, so yeah, it was just like, I think we both left that day. Like this is something, I don't know how big it's going to get or how small it's going to be. Um, but we're putting all of our eggs in this basket. I mean, I knew that pretty immediately for sure. That's so perfect. Yeah. Um, also you guys mentioned, and you're there now that you're from little rock and mm-hmm. that's where you guys met also. Um, I don't really know much about the Little Rock music scene. Do you, are the musicians there really supportive of each other? And do you feel like that maybe that was that helpful for you too? Yeah. Um, so Little Rock is definitely not a commercial music hub. Um, we have had successful bands come from here and, and a lot of artists that made it more on like, let's say like the international or national scene have been born here. I mean, we tout Johnny Cash is from not Little Rock, but Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Evanescence, the band, if you remember them, like they, they're, I, I they're, love me some Evanescence. Yeah, <laughs> um, so we, we definitely had, Arkansas has, has made its stamp in music history for sure. But in terms of like an active, um, you know, it's definitely no Nashville, it's definitely no LA. And obviously those are very rare um, cities anyway to, to, to have, but um, yes, the music scene here is going, um, you have a lot of DIY stuff, a lot of, um, smaller, like, I, I, I this isn't, isn't a slide at all, but like more like band camp type artists where it's like very self-made self, all those things. And then they don't necessarily, um, take it more national. I would say like, it's very localized. Um, but it's budding, it's a budding scene. And I think we've seen in the last couple of years, like more and more music coming out of here. We have a lot of friends that um, are just like self-producing, self-writing and like having some really good success on Spotify on the, for their very first songs ever. And so, I don't know, I do feel like whatever scene is or isn't here is definitely, blo- it's blooming more. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Cause I feel like that's, I've been doing, I've been like uh, interviewing a lot of people from Brooklyn for a while now and yeah. the music scene here, although there's so much music, that's kind of the issue. There's, there's so yeah. much and yeah. it becomes very competitive. And I always yeah. wondered for like uh, smaller cities, cause it's still a city. I always wonder if the music scene is a little bit more supportive, like Nashville, although that's all music, they're actually a lot more supportive of each other than yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, well, and I, yeah, I think we basically know everybody that's in the same vein as the music we're making. We, it feels like we know all the artists that are doing it, at least most of them. And it feels super supportive and that we can just yeah. like, they can reach out to us or we can reach out to them and kind of just chat whenever about, mm-hmm. about anything. So. And it's cool it's too, small. coming from a small city where I think the, I think the, the not the problem, but the, the issue with being from a small town versus like in LA where the industry exists, like it's, it lives and breeds in those cities. Um, you tend to like, you can make all the music in the world here but like it can seem like your chances of being heard um, internationally or through like a manager or some sort of team seems slim. But I mean, we, we did everything here in Little Rock, posted it online just on a whim just to see what would, the reaction would be. And we had managers and labels calling us within a week. So it's like with the internet now, you can be from Anchorage, Alaska and still get, you know, someone in wherever, Israel listening to, you know what I'm saying? Totally, like, totally. So it's very like the internet has definitely made the world smaller in that respect. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's an interesting thing being from Little Rock, but we found it's, it's like no need to leave here at this point. Like it's been pretty awesome. We felt awesome. awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I also want to go back to some of like your influences because I think 
Um, from what I assume, I can hear a lot of that in your music. But uh, who did you both listen to growing up? I listened to a lot of classic rock because that's <laughs> what my dad listened to. So a lot of ACDC was was put into my veins when I was going, <laughs> going on trips with him. But um, yeah, I mean, in, growing up and going through high school, I listened to more metal um and was in a metal band and then once i hit college i really like fell in love with pop and um just like radio songs and what made her what made songs that um a lot of people were attracted to and like could i don't know put themselves in in the lyrics and you know you know that and that's in college is kind of where um that hit me but like growing up and and like be only listening to rock once I hit college and like really loved pop. I also d dove back in and listened to like what made, uh, what was, you know, pop music in like the eighties and the nineties and like mm -hmm. really fell in love with that too. Wow. What uh, a cool jump then for you. <laughs> like yeah, well, it, classic it was rock really, to metal to then pop. Yeah. Then went back to pop. Well, it was really interesting because like growing up, I didn't listen, I hardly listened to any of that. Didn't even know it existed really until high school or college. So actually getting to sit down and listening to Bobby Brown <laughs> was yeah. like a crazy experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was right around the time me and Alan met, like right, right after uh, college. And so the Joan influences, I think, show up there a lot because yeah. um, I think we were both listening to it. Yeah, and I, my dad, um, well, and, and let's put two scenarios. In the car with my mom, um, it was 90s country, um, everything from that to Guns N' Roses. So, like, it was like yep. definitely a rock the country, just especially being in Arkansas in the South, like country's a big, a big player here. Um, and then with my dad, it was more, He's such an, he's like a renaissance man of music. He's like, it's like James Taylor. And then the next song will be Prince. And then the next song will be um, Bob Seger. And then yeah. Michael Jackson, like, you know, and so you get kind of the, the hits, but it all always kind of went back to like pop, like students saying like pop music for me. And so um, I remember in an early, early age, like 10 or 11 discovering Usher's My Way album and like, falling in love with the drum sounds and not even really like I was a drummer first so like I listened for those things back then but it was I now look back and go like oh those are those first moments when I was thinking about production mm -hmm. but I didn't mm -hmm. it wasn't like the thoughts were starting to form of what I liked and didn't like and what I latched onto sounds wise but I didn't know like the technical jargon behind you know what I mean and yeah. now I can listen to like oh that's a this drum machine or that's this synth or whatever and we can go dive in and look for that but um yeah it always went back went back to pop music for me from the very wow. beginning. So, nice. Yeah. Um, and your music is very like 80s. It's like, it's kind of hard to describe your, your sound at this point, especially because it's evolved so much uh, yeah. from just even a couple of years ago. But it's very like 80s, 90s, but also current R&B, <laughs> indie, and like electro pop. Um, do you have any like current <laughs> artists that inspire your sound? First of all, it's the best description of our music. Yeah, <laughs> Most people I was are like, trying to like indie pop. And we're like, yeah, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's like 80s, but it's also more current. It's, it's, it's yeah. a mix of so much, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, what was your last question? I got, I got stuck on that. Side. No, it's okay. It was, um, what are some of the art, current artists or bands that inspire sound or artists from the past? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say there are definitely artists, but I also think um, we, we hunt in a lot of producers. Um, 
like the new Duo Lipa record is insane. It's, um, that's like all I've listened to right now. Yeah, is. that's so, so good. She's so, such a rock star. Um, we've also been really into this band um, out of, I think they're out of LA called Sure Sure. Okay. Um, oh, I've they're, heard of them actually. Yeah, they're really like indie, indie pop. Yeah, they're definitely not um, like huge on the scene or anything, but they are so, so good and like infectiously good. Um, those are two that I've been like slamming lately. I mean, you want to do a record. Yeah. I mean, I've basically been on Dua for the past like two weeks. Just yeah. That's it. <laughs> I saw you, I saw on Spotify, you guys have your like right now playlist. Mm-hmm. And I was like dying because we were listening to such similar music. Your first two songs were uh, Dua and The Weeknd. And pretty much since those albums came out, which happened to be like right when, like quarantine started i've only yeah. listened to just those two on repeat on repeat yeah, totally. <laughs> so good so good we just like we just listen and we we obviously listen for leisure to some extent but i just find myself i hear the song and i'm like okay why is that bass groove so like embedded in my brain and how mm-hmm. does it work with the kick drum and like just like st- we study it kind of like science you know it's like okay and then how do we take those little tricks and you know and tips and apply it to our music and hopefully get somewhere close you know so totally alan i read in an interview once that you said you want to elicit feelings from like a john hughes movie Uh, and you also mentioned that uh having like a visual is really important for you is that cinematic experience something you think about while you're writing yeah specifically we did a lot in portra we never really sat down there was never a conversation that i recall of like, this is what we want our sound to be like. Um, it's just that we gravitated towards certain sounds that happened to kind of be from a certain era. Um, and it, it sometimes it was as simple as like, hey, Steven, check out this synth pad I found. Mm-hmm. And man, that sounds like, you know, X song from X movie that we remember watching as a kid or whatever. Well, okay, well, let's build a theme off that. And so then we would try to visualize a storyline or sometimes they're personal, sometimes they're memories, sometimes they're fictional characters that we make up. Like it's just whatever is right for the song. But um, yes, especially for Portrait, there was a very like, okay, what what scene from this Say Anything, you know, John Cusack film, um, what would this feel like if, if he was doing this, you know, in 1996 or something or whatever? Yeah, and yeah. And then we would like write kind of based on that. Um, now I'd say we still take a cinematic approach, probably less specific to John Hughes in terms mm-hmm. of like vibe, but very much still like the, the feeling that I get when In Your Eyes comes on, Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes comes oh. on. In, they, like it's when that happens. The, yeah, so good. It, it's holding <laughs> the boom box up. It's like, why do I feel the way I feel? Let's try to grab that. And it's interesting because it's a little bit of everything. It's the scene, like the visual. It's um, it's the sounds, obviously, that you're hearing. It's how, like, the grain on the film is, like, a, like a, every little thing plays a part. Like, if it was a crappy visual, but the song was awesome, it wouldn't do as much for you. So it's, like, yep. the zeitgeist of, like, everything falling into exact place. So we're, like, how do we do that with every single song? Like, yep. which is a hard, it's hard, it's a hard challenge, but totally. um, kind of the goal. So Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Portra, and which is such a fantastic EP. And um, also, just thinking about like last year for you guys was so huge. Um, I feel like like with touring all over the U.S. and the world, really. Uh, and you had a bunch of new singles. How did you feel, kind of coming down from 
that high of last year? Or did you even come down because you still were touring? We, it's interesting you say that because it did feel very busy touring last year just because we, I mean, we did Europe, Asia, and then America a few times. Um, but releasing music-wise felt slow because <laughs> we only released three songs <laughs> the entire year, which without going into too much detail, wasn't totally like, um, it wasn't what we would have desired at the beginning of the year. We're, we would so much rather put out music consi- like just consistently on a timetable, but you just get people and uh, extra team involved and there's just a lot that goes, you know, as like, yeah. behind the stuff and things get bogged down and all that. But um, so it, it, was a, it was a weird feeling because it was like, while it did feel like a fast year and a big year of growth for us in so many ways. I'm really thankful for it. It also felt extremely slow. <laughs> so yeah, that makes I, sense. I feel more of a high now that we're releasing a new uh, batch of songs and like with love me better that just came out. And um, if like, we actually have like a timetable in mind and we're sticking to it and um, our team is incredible. And like, I don't know, I just, I feel more of a high probably now than I have in our band yet, yeah. like, which is interesting, but well, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And you're right, because I guess you only put out a few songs last year. Three, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Drive All Night is one of my favorite songs by you guys. Oh, thank you. That's thank a you. sick song. Um, what insp- I just uh, Sorry, just because I love that song. What inspired that song? I remember that, where that's we like were. The, that's like the pinnacle of like 80s movie to me. Is yeah, like that, yeah, song. Yeah, that yeah. one I could totally picture like a whole scene. So that song... Um, we were at like a, um, like a retreat center thing. Um, and I had my laptop out and I remember, I remember doing the little da 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 intro and he was like, Oh, that's cool. Let's write on that. So we just started writing on it. And it originally was, I'm going to get that girl. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that girl was the hook like, for like oh. a year. Yeah. For a year. <laughs> and we had a few songs uh, another song that we've never released called Dance With You Tonight that we've played live several times. We, there was just this theme in portrait that we kept coming back to of like, the picture in my head was I'm in ninth grade or I'm in junior high and I'm like the nerdy kid, which I was. And I'm like, I see the girl in my dreams and she's like 80s perfect movie. It zooms in on her face. And I'm like, I'm going to go grab her and we're going to dance. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're going to yep. like, we're going to, I'm going to convince her that I'm cooler than I actually am. And I'm just going to like take her hand, go to the floor and we're going to, it's just like this prom scene, you know, it's like a lot of our songs on drive all night felt kind of around that idea of like the kid with, that should have low confidence has more confidence than he should. And he's trying to like get that girl of his dreams. And so, um, that was kind of the idea behind Drive All Night and then it turned into Drive All Night. I think you, he had suggested that lyric and I was like, yeah, that's going to be a lot easier to write around than what we, <laughs> what we previously had. Because I remember being stuck, I think, on the, we just had that hook for forever. Yeah. But I was like, the music is so sick. It was just the, we couldn't figure out the lyrics. But anyway, that was kind of that. Sick. Sounds awesome. Um, I do want to talk about your brand new song. came out April 23rd, uh, yes. Love Me Better. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing song. Uh, also, I'm personally a sucker for a song that starts off with like a real good zinger, which <laughs> I like I love you, but you suck is so great. <laughs> uh, can you tell me just a little bit about the song? Yes. I don't remember how that one started. Um, if I remember correctly, I sent, I think I sent Steven. I think, I think the baseline came first, if I remember correctly. 
I think we had it was like a, it was basically like what the chorus feels like way smaller and it was just like a bass line I'm pretty sure I have a voice memo over it somewhere and I sent it to you late at night and you're like that's sick let's write on that and then we that's all that's like history <laughs> that's it <laughs> and then we got together it. but it was one that we we took and we um tried working on it with someone and it like got kind of got somewhere and we were like, this could be cool. And we kind of set on it. And then we got home from tour, I think. And we like just worked on it for a couple weeks. And then um, we took it in with um, Andy Seltzer who helped us co-produce this, um, these new songs that we've been working on. Andy Seltzer is such a great, awesome producer. Yeah. Isn't he? So good. I, I love everything that's from him. He's yeah, he's, he became a fast best, best friend of ours. Um, I love that guy, but um, and yeah, anyway, it was just one of those, it was one of those that like we set on again, we, our kind of MO is we like have an idea and then we usually develop it intro verse to first chorus. And then we just like put parentheses around it, box it up and throw it on Dropbox and just let it sit. And that was one that sat for not crazy long, but like long enough. And then we just kind of compile like a Dropbox folder of 15, 20 ideas, whatever it is. And then whoever we decide to work with or however we decide to kind of flesh out the actual final product, um, we have a little, you know, a collection to work from and choose the best of the best, which is why sometimes it feels like it takes us forever to release music because we're like making sure it's like, yeah. like in the lab, like making sure it's perfect. But um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't have like a ton of specific memories from that song other than it took I do, us longer. I do remember that we had like three different versions of it. Like whenever we first started out with it, it was it was pretty doobie brothers feeling oh, like yeah. the, the dun, 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 dun. and we loved it like we sat with that for a bit and then we worked with yeah we worked with another guy and it, it kind of completely flipped over and we were like i don't know it doesn't feel like just right yet but whenever we got in with andy it, like that's when the the uh, switch flipped he 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 took some he especially treated the drums on it yeah and it like he sent us a like a rough bounce of it and i was just like this feels like it could have been on a bobby brown record in like 93 and i was like yep. yeah <laughs> this yeah. is because we're just like we're trying to figure out like with Porcher, we definitely had like the 80s uh whatever like uh synth pop vibe and we're not like trying to go through the decades or anything, but we definitely have had more influence in the like new Jack swing kind of stuff on this, this late these latest songs and even some boy band stuff. And which some of that is crossover with like Max Martin and NSYNC and Teddy Riley and some old, older producers. But, um, these new songs, like, uh, especially let me better, like the way that Andy treated the drums and just, he killed the production on a lot of it with us. And, um, it's been fun to like, it's fun to find like musical soulmates like we feel that way and then to find randomly other people that can just latch on and chameleon and come in and kind of go like <clears throat> you guys are super strong in these areas i'm just gonna like sprinkle on top and then you need help in this little area so i'm gonna like pick up the burden there like it's truly it's been really amazing so i know you didn't ask about andy but there's more on Andy. we love Andy. <laughs> no that's great i you know it's so funny because it's just i like sometimes like you mentioned like producers are big in songs, obviously. And uh, after a while of like, I'm and I'm like a like music nerd in terms of like I'll always look at like all the yeah. credits of a song. Yeah. Like I always want to know. And Andy Seltzer's one I didn't really know before, but then just kept seeing every song. I'm like, oh, this song is so dope. And I would see his name as the producer, and I was like, oh, it's really cool. So I still don't really know much about him, except that I know I like his music as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's a good guy, man. 
keep keep an eye on him. He's definitely going places. He's awesome. For sure. Uh, you did mention uh, Love Me Better as part of a, well, when you first put it out, you said it was part of a new era. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned a new batch of songs. What's next for Joan? Yeah, well, while we're quarantined, <laughs> not <laughs> a lot. Um, Chilling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're just like, we, we had recorded um, a, a batch of songs late last year and just kind of slowly worked on them with Andy and our buddy Matt Huber. Um, we call him Maddie, um, who's an amazing engineer and uh, mix engineer and, and also producer. But and we just kind of been sharing a Dropbox folder back and forth and just trying to figure out how we want to roll, you know, the next era of Joan out. And Love Me Better is the first thing of that. Definitely we have uh, more music coming very, very soon. Um, we just signed with Photo Finish Records, which has been, they've been incredible. So we've just been behind the scenes trying to figure out rolling out new music this year and how to do it without touring or maybe touring. Like, you know, it's everything's yeah. on mark right now. So we're just trying to do as much as we can from Little Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the internet. What we do know and what we're super excited about is it won't be the same as last year where we only put three songs out. We're going to put a lot a lot more songs out. So we're we're stoked about that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear. Um, And I do want to talk about touring a little bit because that was such a huge part of your last year. And obviously probably sad looking into this year, but um, you guys spent most of your last year touring Mm -hmm. and you supported some really big bands (laughs) and you headlined your own tour. Um, What do you guys love most about touring? Hmm. I, I mean, it's very, very fun to play these songs that we just imagined in my bedroom, like in hundreds of places all over the world. That's insane to me. Um, I, I really enjoy touring. Touring is also obviously hard, but yeah. also like I have this weird, like I've played on stages since I was like 11, like in school band, like just in different ways. And I still get nervous and I still get like, that pit in my stomach of like, oh, are we gonna suck? Are we gonna? <laughs> so it's like tour. I have like a a weird like back and forth with touring of like, um, the traveling part is is obviously really fun, but it's also like when you're in a van, t- sometimes twelve hours a day, like it can be pretty like gr- grueling. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there's like a give and take on it. The the most fun part for me though is is definitely um, playing the songs live and like seeing people. Like watching a crowd lose their minds for an hour of like with your music that you created again, like back on the rock in your house. Like, I don't know, to see, to see that your music is bringing people joy and even just for an hour, giving them a little bit of an escape um, for whatever, you know, people, people's situations are all different. There's people we've met that a loved one had just recently passed and they just needed like a night out um, or they just broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And so like, I don't know, just getting to hear stories like that like means means a lot to me personally that that our music is helping people cope with hard stuff and and sometimes for people just like giving them a fun outlet, you know, and so that's really cool. I I, I don't sometimes when we're in the in the room like writing, you don't think about like we're just like trying to make really good music and stuff that excites us and um be the best like artists we can or stewards to like what what we've been given here, but Sometimes until you see it live and see people's reactions live, you're like, oh, okay, this is affecting people. This is really neat. So that's been, that's been really cool to see. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the, head, the headline tour is like looking back the last like two years, 
has been really good playing shows, but we, it's been support the whole time. And that's like kind of getting in there and putting in the really hard work and like, you know, day in and day out. It's just either us, it was either us two on the road starting out or it was us two and one other guy. And so, you know, it's like all hands on deck all the time. The days are so long and you're doing it, you know, for two years straight basically. But once we, once we did the headline tour and it was like, people are coming out to see us and we're, you know, we have this set list that we, you know, carefully made and in hopes to like, you know, bring a really good night and like a fun time to people and people showed up for us and sold out shows and we're really stoked to be there. That, that was really cool for me. Just every night being able to see a crowd that's there to listen to you play their songs, but also sing the words back to you. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It was the first time for us to, to really, um, to really get like a whole hour of that. And yeah. um, I think that that was pretty life changing for, for both yeah. of us. It, the, the switch definitely flipped on the mentality of like we when you're supporting it's you're a part of someone else's night you know like you have your your moment your 30 35 40 minutes whatever it is to like and your main goal is it's kind of like a a stand-up comedian like they have like warm-ups that like are supposed to get the crowd or like you go to like a late night show and there's like a you know it can kind of be like that sometimes of like oh man are these people gonna like us like are, are we close enough in genre to the to the headliner for them to like, are they going to, are we going to cross over in that way? And luckily every tour we've done, we've gained a ton of like, they've been really great tours for us. But yeah, like Steven says, this is the first time that we got to like craft the night to us and go, okay, like it's our responsibility now to give these people a good night out, which is before it was just like, we just show up we yeah, do our yeah. thing and we leave. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, it's really the headliner's night. And so it's like a different weight on your shoulders, but it's really rewarding in the end when you can look back and you're like, okay, we like, we feel like we did a good job on that tour, you know, whatever. So, but especially on your own headlining tour, when you're selling out shows, that must be like the craziest feeling. Cause you guys sold out in New York, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure you was- did. Cause I remember I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to get tickets. So I hadn't even yet to see yeah. it. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. So I remember yeah. it selling out, which is, which must be like the coolest feeling. The yeah, New York was nuts, and um, L.A. We did um, two nights at um, Moroccan Lounge. Moroccan Lounge. Moroccan we Lounge. did two shows in one. Night. Two shows, sorry, two shows in one night, which Whoa. that was a long talk about long days. But yeah. Um, but yeah, those those nights in particular. You know, anytime you play like an iconic city and sell it out, like I mean, these are dreams we both had since we were like thirteen, playing in metal bands. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. one day that'd be sick. So yeah, it's very cool to see those things come true for sure. Nice. Um, well, you guys, I was wondering if you had just a few more minutes, if we played a quick game, it will only yeah. take a few. All right, sure. cool. Sure. So in honor of your song, Love Me Better, uh, okay. it's going to be 2010's Love Songs. So it's, can you pick the missing word in each of these song titles that contains the word love? Okay. Okay. Oh man, we're going to be awful. <laughs> good, good luck. Like, you guys are in music. <laughs> oh we have four minutes oh it's just you have four minutes all right and the timer starts now love the way you lie boom blank lovers do oh like or is it what it's what oh what lovers do what yeah, lovers sorry, do. sorry sorry love is an open door. door blank in love crazy drunk drunk love is my drug oh man we uh, found. found. Oh, found. good job. Yeah. Found. Love on the brain. Yeah. Blank with love. 
Uh, bad. Boy with love. That's bad, isn't it? That's uh. Oh yeah, you're right. Boy with love. Yeah. Good job. Blank to love. Lil Wayne. Let's skip. Yeah, that. let's yeah. skip that one. All right. Blank love. BTS. Oh, I'm bad with BTS too. Um, I don't know. Ah, skip. I would think. <clears throat> yeah, skip. Yeah. Let me love you until you learn to love yourself. Boom. Love me blank. H- harder. 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 Yeah, it is. Blank you Someone. love. I love that song. So good. I love blank. Oh, it. Uh, I love, I love it. you. Yep. <laughs> as, long, <laughs> as long as you love me. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love me like you. Do. do. Same blank love. Old. Yeah. Nice. Blank got us falling in love. DJ? Yep. Featuring Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> love never felt so good. good. Love never felt so good. Send my love uh, to your lover. lover. Yep. I blank you, I love you. I hate you, I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love on blank. Top. Blank me, love you. Let, Let uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Love you like a love song. song. Oh, we're going to get it. Yep, blank you to love me. Lose you to love me. Another great song. All right, back to Halsey. I was thinking of bad bad at love. Good, blank to love. Uh, How to love. Teach me how to love. And fake Fake. love. Let's go. You got it. Very very nice. (laughs) Nice. Good job. Good job. Uh, I was guys. I was nervous. Yeah, it was was tough. It was tough. Uh, Put you under the pressure. Uh, Thank you guys so much for uh, chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate Uh, it. Have yeah, a good day. Be safe. Have a good yeah. rest of your day. You too. Bye.